Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. EST 2016. This is interviews, music reviews, and more. This is, this is The Hotter Show. What is up, everybody? We are on audio here today on episode 368 of The Harder Show. I hope you guys are doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so very much for tuning in and clicking that play button. On today's episode of the podcast, we have what is going to be definitely a very fun and interesting episode, but also a little bittersweet and probably going to be a little emotional at a couple of points because today we are diving into another edition of the albums that made me. And normally these are very cathartic for me and they're very uh, interesting and, and, and positive and fun to go back and listen to records that I feel made me into the person that I am today, both with my musical taste and also just me as a human being. But this one is a little different because today we are discussing Saliva's 2002 record back into your system and this was actually going to be oddly enough the next one that i was going to do but we are doing this on a bit of a uh not so great note as lead guitarist and longtime member of saliva wayne swinney uh passed away a couple of weeks ago it's very suddenly and it has been absolutely just heartbreaking to think about, you know, he has a young daughter and obviously his family, his bandmates, it's just, uh, it's horrible. And as a huge fan of saliva, it hit me pretty hard. I'm not going to lie. I was pretty taken aback by the whole thing. And I wanted to pay tribute in my own way. And what better way to pay tribute to Wayne than to discuss music that he was such a huge part of my favorite saliva record back into your system. And also a record that really was important at a really interesting time in my life. Not in 2002. I got into it at a later date, (laughs) as is with most of the albums that I cover on the albums that made me. I didn't get into them when they first came out, but some of them I did. But Saliva has a lot of great material, but Back In Your System is a really special record for me. And there is a reason for that. And we're going to get into all of that, as well as a little bit of a tribute to Wayne, because I think this is the best way to do that. But before we do, I want to take a quick second to give a shout out to everybody who supported last week's episode of the show. My chat with Sierra Levesque, really well-received episode. Thank you so very much to Sierra for coming on and also sharing the episode. I very much appreciate it. You can be rest assured that I will have Sierra on again sometime in the future because that was a lot of fun 
getting to chat with her. And we really just kind of scratched the surface on what she does and what she has to offer. And it would be great to get to chat with her again. And if you are here from that episode, I know a couple of people commented saying that they were looking forward to this episode in which I was going to be talking about uh, Saliva's Back Into Your System and kind of doing a bit of a tribute to Wayne Swinney. Some Saliva fans out there. So what's up? If you are here from that, I hope that you enjoy this episode. And if you did not listen to that episode, go back and check it out because it is a, uh, a really fantastic episode. Big shout outs to Sierra again for the support of the show. And now, before we move into an ad break and then into the main part of this podcast, another proper way to truly pay tribute to the rock and roll legend that is Wayne Swinney from Saliva, what better way? Cheers. If you got one, not, that's okay too. Cheers to you, Wayne, on the other side here of the break. After we hear word from the wonderful sponsors of Spreaker, we're going to dive into albums that made me all about salivas back into your system in memoriam of Wayne Swinney. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Cheers once again here, folks. We'll have to we'll have to pretend we're in the same room here. Clank. <laughs> Cheers to Wayne Swinney. I'm sure right now he's probably also having a nice ice cold alcoholic beverage. <laughs> and uh, probably playing guitar while listening to some rock music, looking down on us. And it's it, it's cool to be able to to do this because, as I mentioned in the intro, there I, I was planning on doing this anyway, probably like in a couple of months. But uh, there's no better way for me to pay tribute to somebody than just talk about it on the podcast. That's that's what this is. As much as this show is a platform for me to share artists that I think are fantastic and that deserve a spotlight or a way for me to have people on who I think are interesting and have a great story. It's also really a a way for me to express myself in a almost a journal of sorts sometimes, which is kind of a an interesting thing. Because it, it lends itself well to stuff like this. And the albums that made me is a really fun segment that a lot of people do uh, do enjoy. It's always fun to hear the albums that you know people really love and why they love them. And today is no exception, as much as it is, you know, as I'm saying, in memoriam and a tribute to Wayne Swinney. 
it's also very much just a, a, a love letter to saliva and, uh, and back into your system as it is a fantastic record. But usually when I do these, I start off talking about what got me into the band itself. And saliva is very interesting for me because what got me into saliva, it's a funny story. So as some of you may or may not know, I spent basically the first few years of my music. Uh, you know, when you're younger, you listen to like what's on the radio or what your parents get you into. And I never really had a band that was like my band until I discovered Nickelback. I heard how you remind me on the radio and got super into Nickelback. Fast forward a little bit to the Spider-Man <laughs> with Tobey Maguire, the original Spider-Man. And I saw that uh, Chad Kruger had a song on it called Hero featuring Josie Scott. And I was like, what is this? So the Spider-Man DVD, <laughs> I'm already laughing, came with a, uh, a obviously there's bonuses on the DVD. And one of the bonuses was a music video for Hero by Chad Kruger featuring George Scott. And I heard that song and just absolutely fell in love with it. To this day, it remains one of my favorite songs. And as much as it's, you know, Chad Kruger, I love Chad Kruger, and I love that song for a lot of reasons. One reason I loved it so much was the contrast between Chad and Josie's voices. Because Josie very much sings with his like, soulful country voice which is something that uh, a lot of people don't really know him for especially at the time saliva was very much click click boom and your disease was just dominating the airways uh well unfortunately with the september 11th attacks click click boom was pulled from the radio it was well on its way to being a number one single i truly believe that and later on, I talk about the fact that I was surprised that Click Click Boom wasn't a uh, number one single for the band, but that's why, because it was pulled, even though it doesn't actually have anything to do with guns or anything, but people think it does, but that's beside the point. Getting in the hero, loving that video and loving that song so damn much. I played it so much. My parents were just at their wits end, were just like, okay, like, dude like we can't listen to this fucking song anymore can you can you just so i think they uh they we went out and they got me a walkman shout out to a walkman there are people listening right now who probably don't even know what a walkman is so what a walkman is folks we had these things called cds now if you don't know what a cd is i'm just kidding i'm not gonna go that <laughs> this is just jokes folks but it was a a walkman was we would put cds in it and put on headphones and it was like a portable little cd player but we to where you would rate your headphones and stuff. Basically an MP3 player, but it was a CD. And some of you might be laughing at the fact that I'm explaining this, but you'd be surprised how many people who may not actually know what the hell I'm talking about when I say Walkman. So that's what that is. And they got me the Spider-Man soundtrack so I could listen to Hero. <laughs> I wouldn't have to, to bug anybody. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't even know all the songs on 
that Spider-Man soundtrack. I only listen to Hero. I listen to Hero so much it stopped working on the CD, which I didn't even know was a thing, but apparently it is. So needless to say, I love that song and I love Josie's verse in that song. So once I started getting very much into, you know, uh, the internet and, and YouTube and stuff like that, not even say like YouTube at the time, it was more just like getting on the computer and going like, well, who's this saliva band? Cause this was a little later when I started getting really into like looking up bands and stuff, but I was still listening to hero. So I was like, well, who's this Josie Scott guy? And then Josie Scott of saliva. And you know, so I went to my, my parents and was like, Oh, I, uh, I, I need to get a record by saliva. And they just looked at me and were like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I will never forget uh, one time my, I was sitting in the living room and I was listening to uh, some Nickelbacks. I don't know what it was. And my mom was like, oh, doesn't that guy have like long black hair and like wear, have a bunch of like piercings and stuff? And I was like, no, mom, that's Josie Scott from Saliva. And my dad chimes in from the kitchen. Yeah, come on, hon. It's saliva. God, this is Nickelback, not saliva. Like, just, I don't know why. I just remember my father. Just, yeah, come on. That's, this is saliva. Like, come on, figure it out. Like, just made me chuckle because what a ridiculous freaking band name. Um, and it, it, by the way, it stems from the fact that they wanted something that was uh, both offensive and also really, really, uh, noticeable which they figured naming their band saliva was noticeable but also it pissed off parents just enough that you know rebellious rock and roll and so forth so fast forward from that a little bit i so like i knew click click boom and i was kind of like okay cool like because i would see it on the music video channels because i would then know to look for saliva so it was like oh saliva is coming on it this time so i would tune in at that time and watch saliva's click click boom and i was like, okay this is kind of interesting i didn't really like get it at the time i was kind of like eh, i don't know about this like the kind of like rap rock style of saliva and fast forward <laughs> to 2004 ish somewhere in that ballpark i heard uh, at uh, I was watching uh, WrestleMania 18, obviously a DVD of it, not live because it happened in 2002. But uh, I, I saw, you know, at the beginning of the show, you know, please welcome Island recording artist Saliva, and I was like, huh? And they played Superstar, and I was like, this is like the coolest shit I've ever seen. And then at that same WrestleMania, they played uh, a version of the Dudley Boy song they did called "Turn the Tables," and it was just fucking awesome so i was like yo like these guys are like just badass so that's a couple weeks later we went to a bowling alley we were doing our thing and they had a jukebox at this bowling alley so i was like oh man i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna play some uh i'm gonna play some saliva mom and dad and and whoever else was there so i walk over and they didn't have any songs i knew they only had one song and that song was called Razor's Edge, <laughs> which uh, is off of Saliva's fourth, kind of sort of technically third record, depending on how you look at it, because their first record's kind of, uh, they can they consider it their first record, but I'll, like really, 
what was their first record? It was every six seconds, but that's you know neither here nor there because the self-titled Saliva record is still very interesting. It's very dark. It's a great record. You should go check it out. But Razor's Edge is also five is off of Survival of the Sickest, which is a really cool record, and it's a close second of from mine as far as what records I really love from Saliva. From there. I loved that song so much because it was so different. And I was like, oh, this is kind of more like Josie's singing more like uh, he does on Hero. So I really liked that. Decided to go to the mall to buy some CDs. And the only Saliva CD they had was Back Into Your System. So I bought that record, went home, and just fell in love with it. And then fast forward to, you know, the iTunes era and MP3 players back into your system was on my uh, was on my iPods and my MP3 players and I'm going to get into all of that with the track by track but uh, that's a little bit of background on me with uh, where I come from with saliva and how I got into them and as far as just really quick I want to take a second to kind of uh, uh, just just say a little piece on Wayne Swinney before we continue here. Um, talking about uh, the record and detail and stuff like that. And you're going to hear me say things throughout this uh, about Wayne's uh, solos and parts that he does on the record that I really love. But man, Wayne Swinney was such an interesting guitar player because, and I, and I hate that this happens in life where you, you don't realize the effect that, uh, that someone has had on your life, even if it's just with your guitar playing until they're gone and when i heard that wayne passed away obviously i was quite upset but i was like man like uh, it was just a gut punch and i was like fuck like and i started listening to saliva and the first song i went to was uh a song off of survival of the sickest called no regrets volume two which is a beautiful really heavy song um but it features what is my absolute favorite guitar solo from wayne swinney like hands down and the reason why i loved wayne's style so much is he's very much a he's 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 a throwback player in the sense of you know he's very tasteful with his lead parts he can shred he can rip but he also throws some slide work in there which is really really cool but then also he loves using those. Um, I don't really know the name of the chord, and I wish I did. And I tried to look it up, and I think I make a joke about it <laughs> later on in this. Um, I, I kind of make a joke about it, but there's a, a, a power chord where you have your, you know, your root note, and then your uh, basically it's a, your next note, which is a kind of a harmony of that note, and then you mute the note in between it in the power chord. And it creates this really cool, uh, listen to me trying to make the fucking, <laughs> oh, I need a swig of beer after that one. It's a really, you know what? I don't know if you guys are going to be able to hear this. You might, but it sounds like this. It sounds like that instead of like this. So not this. Sounds like this. 
you mute that note in between and you can do some really cool stuff. And I didn't realize, like, I, I don't play lead or anything like that, but I've always just been a rhythm guy, as you can tell from my shitty guitar playing. Um, <laughs> but for me, I love how he will start off a lot of his solos with a chord progression like that. And then he'll slide into like a wicked little part. And that's why I fucking love the guitar solo from No Regrets Volume 2 so much. Also, one reason I love that song so much is there's basically two versions of it. There's No Regrets Volume 2, and then there's No Hard Feelings later on in the record, which is basically the like heavy rap rock version of the song. So it's a really cool tune, and I, I, I dig how there's two versions of it. I think it's really interesting to do that. And his solo on both of them is just stellar. But him starting off with that chord progression is so fun. And seeing him, you know, bust into the slide work and stuff like that. Like, it's just, it's just awesome, man. And uh, not to mention, he had some really great riffs. But uh, just a, a really brilliant guitar player. And someone who I didn't realize how much his style uh, influenced my playing um, with the little bit of, you know, lead playing that I do do. And, uh, and I'm going to talk about that uh, at length as we go through the, uh, the album here, uh, track by track. And real quick, I would, of course, be remiss if I did not point this out to you guys as there is a uh, GoFundMe set up for Wayne's, uh, his family, uh, his daughter. Um, just to quickly read the uh, bio from it here. Uh, the Slavic family is mourning the tragic loss of our brother Wayne Swinney. Wayne left us suddenly from a spontaneous brain hemorrhage on March 22nd, 2023. Wayne fought hard but ultimately lost his battle. The one bright light is the fact that Wayne was an organ donor. He was able to donate his liver and kidneys, which saved two lives, which is just awesome. Uh, Wayne leaves behind the love of his life, his beautiful 11-year-old daughter, Nikki. Also, his sister, Linda, his very tightly bonded saliva family, countless friends, legions of musicians whom he inspired past to present, yours included, and uh, millions of fans across the world, yours included again. And... The pain and loss of his loved ones are experiencing right now is just, obviously, it's horrible. Um, but they're setting this up in the hopes of covering, obviously, the expenses uh, that Wayne has and, you know, the funeral and that. And they want to also use this to create a trust fund for his daughter, Nikki, because there's so much that her dad's going to miss now. And just being able to, I mean, money doesn't, help everything it doesn't solve all problems in the world but uh having some support for her as she uh continues to go through life without her dad um it's just uh it's horrible but you know as the community if we can come together and if, if you are able to donate something that would be incredible i will have a link down below in the description of this uh, to donate. Um, and I will be making a donation myself. I'm not doing this to be like, Oh, I'm such a good person. I'm, I'm just 
I'm not rich or anything. I'm not going to be able to donate a lot, but I'm going to donate something because just of how much uh, Wayne's music meant to me. And uh, if you are able to, definitely uh, consider donating and helping out uh, his daughter and his family. Definitely would be a wonderful thing if, of course, you are in a situation to do that. And if you're not, even share the uh, the link for the fundraiser would be awesome. So thanks for even considering. And one more time, thank you, Wayne. Cheers. And we're going to step back into the uh, the albums that made me portion here. And back into your system, it's it's cool because whenever I do this, I always look into a little behind the scenes things. And just real quick here, uh, it is a certified gold record which is cool. It reached number 19 on the Billboard 200. It had three singles, Always, which was a huge single. Everyone knows that. Rest in Pieces, another big single. And Raise Up, which was also quite a big single. It was produced by the legendary Barb Marlette, who they have worked with a few times before. And at this time, Saliva was, uh, of course, composed of Josie Scott, lead vocalist, guitarist, and also percussion. Uh, Wayne Sweeney, lead guitars and vocals. Uh, Chris DeBaldo, and I'm so sorry uh, if I'm butchering that name. Of course, rhythm guitarist, backing vocalist. Uh, Dave Novanti, who is the bassist and backing vocalist. And then Paul Crosby, of course, on the drums. And interesting uh, thing here, it was uh, engineered by uh, Michael Elvis Basquet, who I, I mean, he's worked with freaking <laughs> like so many people also as a, a record producer, not just a, uh, a engineer, but he's done a lot of uh, really fantastic stuff as well. So big shout outs to, uh, to Bob Marlette and, uh, Michael Basquette, because they are two people who've worked on a lot of records that I absolutely love. Jumping into the track by track here. We, of course, have 12 really badass songs to kind of uh, talk about and dissect a little bit. And the first song that we have to talk about, of course, is Superstar 2 or Superstar Part 2, whatever you want to call it. I am a sucker for songs that tell a story. And I'm even more of a sucker (laughs) for songs that continue that story or end that story see metallica's unforgiven unforgiven 2 and unforgiven 3 prime example i love the unforgiven 2 and i love superstar 2 superstar 2 is the continuation of the story that josie tells in superstar from every six seconds he talks about you know go he goes from being someone who is singing about his desire to be a superstar, make me a superstar. I want to be, you know, this famous person to after the success from every six seconds. Now they're like, Oh, (laughs) we are, uh, you know, we're this huge band now. And Hey, I am a superstar now. And it's like, you know, it's pretty cool to be able to look at it. You know, he kind of talks about, you know, He's a superstar in the making, so to speak. Not necessarily that he's like fully made it, but that's the 
kind of continuation of the story. I'd love to see our Superstar 3 one day. <laughs> I think that would be really fun. But some interesting lyrics that he, uh, that he touches on. One thing for me that is, you know, it's a fun lyric, but it's quite interesting, actually. No crying ass bitching about my evil parents. They did their best to raise their only son. Josie has always been a great lyricist for this style. He, he writes really interesting rhymes and he's a fantastic rapper and everything, but he's never really been one to write songs about his childhood, or at least it, it appears. And sometimes bands from this era kind of use that as a crutch, you know, the old, uh, as, as, and don't get me wrong, I, I, I freaking love bands that write songs like that and I love bands of this era, but you know, when it's like, oh, daddy wasn't there. You know, that's like the classic joke people make. Oh, oh, what was me? Daddy wasn't there. Write a song about it. And Slive has never really done that. Um, or if, or if Josie has written a song about that, he's never, it, it, it's perfectly vague, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So it's, it's interesting that he, uh, that he actually touches on that. And I love the guitar work on this song. Chris writes another absolutely killer riff. Harkening back to Superstar while still being a really unique riff. So it's cool to be able to do that. And it's a really well written song musically. Everyone kills it on it. Um, a great to the point guitar solo, of course, from Mr. Wayne Swinney. Superstar 2, definitely a fantastic way to start the record. You got to start off the record with a bang. You got to hook people. And that drum fill leaning in from Paul, the batano, the batano, like just absolutely killer like what a fantastic way to start a very a bit of a roller coaster of a dynamic record back into your system for sure now we come to the second song here weight of the world which is a huge departure <laughs> from superstar 2 weight of the world is actually my favorite song on the record and it may not be a surprise to some people as it is a seriously killer song with some really great guitar work and at the time of hearing this song i was going through what would be my first uh i i use the term heartbreak loosely i was a 15 16 year old kid somewhere in that ballpark so you know, you think you know what stuff is, and I'm not trying to not justify my uh, my feelings, of course, um, at that time. But obviously, compared to things you go through as an adult, it's a little different. But at the time, it was very much a uh, something I was going through, and I didn't know how to express myself. I didn't know how to deal with these feelings when you have your first negative emotions in relates to uh, uh love and relationships and things like that it's really overwhelming and especially as a young man the you're not encouraged to talk about it that much and you know i mean i i know i wasn't it's not anyone's fault it's just like I would talk to my friends, but like after a while, that would just so much too. And 
the situation I was in was rather odd. I will spare you guys the details because it's totally irrelevant to this. But let's just say lyrically, this song particularly, and a couple other songs on the record actually, just it literally felt like they were written for me. Structure-wise, I love how they set this song up with the chorus-pre-chorus situation. It's like two totally separate hooks that fit so freaking well together. From the standpoint of a musician, learning this song, its powerful guitar work was awesome, but it's also still, you know, it's still easy enough that like I could pick it up and be able to dig into it and play it and sing it and, you know, help purge those emotions that I was feeling that I didn't know how to express. And that was really important to me. And it's just a brilliantly written song. The structure is fantastic. Josie kills it on the song with his vocals. It's one of my favorite Slava songs for this reason too. But at the end of the day, obviously having the personal tie to it uh, that I do with the, you know, it, it being a song that meant a lot to me and a song that really helped me uh, get through something. Because at the end of the day, I felt as if I did have the weight of the world on my shoulders with this feeling. I didn't know how to express it and how to purge it. And eventually you learn those tools as you progress through life. But I didn't know that. And it literally, like I said, this, this song literally felt like even listening back to it under a microscope, so to speak, like I do for these, just to really dive into these songs. Like I was like, God, I forgot how much like it was just like, man, this song could have been, I could have written this song as far as with what I was going through at the time. Not that I can write a song that's good, but just like the, the, uh, you know, the, um, uh, the actual like content of the song and we're going to leave it at that. But I think one of my favorite things about the song and what is so powerful about it is actually the, uh, the kind of, kind of the final refrain of the song. And it's very, very powerful. This pain, I think about it every day. It tells me I'm never going to get away. I know it's over, but I can't escape. Memories and how to face another day. Again, as a young person, not knowing how to feel, that was, that was how I felt. Every day it was just like, ugh, like thinking about stuff. And it's just like, I don't even want to get out of bed, let alone. <laughs> have to go and try and live life and be a person. And interestingly enough, I actually, I, th I think one thing that really helped me get through that and one reason why I love this record and this song so much is pretty shortly after this, uh, I was actually in the backseat of my, uh, my parents' truck driving to Cape Breton. And all I had was my MP3 player and some records and some songs. And I must have played this song on repeat for at least, God, I don't even know, 
12 hours, 13, 14 hours at least. And it really, truly helped me purge that. And for that reason, weight of the world will always be, I, I would even, I, I mean, No Regrets Volume 2 is my favorite saliva song. I, I, I think that's pretty safe to say. But I love Weight of the World. I think it's a very, very close second. We now come to, without a doubt, the biggest song on the record. And as I mentioned, interestingly enough, it's actually Saliva's only number one single, which shocked me. But then learning Click Click Boom was taken off the air because of the September 11th attacks kind of sort of made sense because click click boom definitely would have gotten to number one i personally feel that always is a really special track it's very melodic powerful song and from the standpoint of guitar wise it's got a really cool clean riff and then it gets super powerful in the chorus some heavy distorted guitars but it's uh, a song that is telling a story that Josie was involved in in a not-so-great situation that Josie kind of sort of found himself defending a former lover from a domestic abuse situation. Or, if I'm remembering the story correctly, I remember him vividly telling the story on an interview I listened to one time. But basically, it is a song about him defending a woman's honor in a domestic abuse situation, which is pretty apparent by the lyrical content, you know? It's in the bridge. It's, you know, it's right. It's a really interesting song. There's a lot going on, but especially the bridge. I see the blood all over your hands. Does it make you feel more like a man? Was it all just a part of your plan? The pistol shaking in my hands and all I hear is the sound. I love you. I hate you. I can't live without you. I breathe you. I taste you. I can't live without you. Obviously, it is a very intense (laughs) story that he is telling and but it's also a just a really powerful song and i love the bridge section for the guitar work killer turnaround in the bridge it's fucking awesome everyone knows always it's a staple of that era it got so much airplay i still hear it on the radio from time to time too which is always fun i've heard it on 94 on the rock a couple of times i heard it on uh, the wolf here in Peterborough a couple of times too. Shout out to 95 on the Rock in uh, Peterborough, GTA, here in Ontario, and The Wolf, of course, Peterborough, here in Ontario. And interestingly enough, it was also the uh, pay-per-view theme song for Survivor 2002. So there you go. Saliva was basically like WWE's house band <laughs> for a couple of years, which is uh, always fun. You see what I did there? I'm sorry, guys. I got to throw in at least one really bad dad joke song title, dad joke, whatever the hell you call it. We now come to what is the title track on the record in a very unique song back into your system. It has some beautiful guitar work and specifically some beautiful lead work from Wayne. While Josie harmonizes with it, which I'm always a fan of when vocalists harmonize with guitar parts. I don't know why. I just, I always think that's really, really cool. 
I love the dynamics of this song. I love in the bridge when it comes to the kind of the, the heavier rap part of the song. But generally speaking, Josie really channels his more soulful uh, singing voice for a lot of this song. And it's not only a kind of a, hey, we're back, you know, we're back into your system type thing. Obviously, pretty self-explanatory. But it could also be kind of taken as a bit of a love song, too, in a way, I think. Maybe not straight on the nose, but definitely a uh, in its own way. You know, I'm back into your system now. I've been gone too long. Come on. I think you can take anything, for the most part, as a love song in its own way. And kind of an interesting fact about this song is the only song on the record, as per my research that I have done for this, that has all five members listed with a writing credit very cool i always dig stuff like that and it is a fantastic tune hearkening the return of saliva and a little bit of a let me up on the record having you know two really heavy powerful songs and having a song that's kind of a little bit of a just you know let's let's kind of have some fun have some cool guitar work and uh have a good time we're back we're ready to kick some ass back into your system is a really great record for me and i think i love it so much because it explores the more post-grunge kind of alternative rock style of saliva which i personally love i think josie has an incredible voice as much as i love his rap style his singing is really really what made me a fan so like with Weight of the World, All Because of You is a song that explores that more. Riff-wise, Chris has some killer rhythm work with a standout riff. Pretty self-explanatory on the subject matter. Again, newly heartbroken uh, TJ was feeling this one big time as well. Specifically on this song. Uh, parts like something's wrong with you. The walls you build around you now seem to fit you like a glove. Cause all I do is waiting and wondering and hoping that we'll survive it. I know all this is true all because of you. Angry, angsty, but also, you know, again, in its own way, it's it's a it's a purging and it's a cathartic and it's it's beautiful in that way for sure and all because of you is a uh, another really important song for me because of that and we come to what is kind of a bit of another let me up song which is raise up which really brings the energy and the the straight up old school rap rock style from saliva really for the first time on the record obviously there are sections where it's like that rap rock style but as far as the full-on classic saliva sound this is really the first time we hear it on the record and its placement is fantastic because it definitely has more of a positive energy <laughs> which uh, definitely was needed I think at this point in the record. And I mean, I, I love the first verse 
on this record, and I'm not going to try and freaking rap it, but I just want to share it with you guys here. Straight out the poor house eating lobster for breakfast. That in itself is just a very interesting line that I love. Two new tour buses because my voice is infectious. Now the supermodels never call me a sexist. I got the new style that is leaving them breathless. I'm a born entertainer coming straight out of Memphis. And if Elvis was alive, even he would admit this. I'm all over the world using you as a witness. And then there's another part where he says, what's sex? But that's beside the point. I love (laughs) this first verse so much. Uh, When I first heard it, I was just like, did he just say he's eating lobster for breakfast? And then I was like, is that a thing? Like, is that, is that, is that what people do? And obviously now the supermodels never call me a sexist. I'm sure there's a story there somewhere. <laughs> but uh, Listen, you want your rock star and your superstar to be confident. You know, he's got to be confident. And Raise Up really brings that. And is always a fun song to just uh, crank on when you need a little boost and have a little jam ski. Separated Self is a big standard on the record. It is a very heavy song lyrically and musically. A killer rhythmic riff, which might possibly be the heaviest riff. Definitely one of the heaviest riffs in Saliva's catalog. There's probably some stuff on Survival of the Sickest that might be uh, rock and roll revolution the first track on survival of the sickest is pretty fucking tight i'm not gonna lie to you but uh i i think that separated self is a great riff and definitely very heavy josie kills it in the song vocally really delivering an emotional performance he's he goes all over the place uh doesn't go into the rapper rap territory too much but super, super powerhouse. And he's definitely dispelling some demons, so to speak. Being a religious man, especially being raised a religious man who's living this life, he's questioning if he can basically still be saved. And it's a very heavy thought. He's living this dream, but that comes with demons. And he's always been very vocal about his drug abuse and his sexual escapades and things of that nature. And that's what he's exploring in this song. Quite literally. I mean, you look at lyrically, if there's a God at heaven's door, do you think he wants me anymore? It's all left up to circumstances, a whole life filled with second chances pounded like nails into my floor. Everybody hates and everybody dies. Begin to separate a world that's full of lies. It's to me, that's, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty damn on the ball, but even the bridge, very, very heavy, very emotional. My angels, they surround me. My demons, they have found me. My demons, they surround me. My angels, they have found me now. So you want to believe that at the end of it, he's 
coming to terms with it and he's he's getting through it but uh it's it's a, just a a beautiful song i i'm i'm a big fan of uh when when an artist can really give themselves to their audience and really be real and raw with them and josie has always been a a brutally honest songwriter too he's never one to shy away from things and separate itself explores that not to mention finishing the bridge with a killer guitar solo from mr swinney um i mentioned earlier see how we're coming back to this here folks ah, look at that it's almost like i planned this the muted middle note power chord uh, which again, I don't know the technical name of. I looked it up on Google, couldn't figure it out. I'm so sorry. Don't judge me. I'm not a trained guitar player. <laughs> but uh, starting off with that, sliding power chords into the thing, it's such a tasteful solo. I love it so much. Just this is a prime example of what I'm talking about when I say how Wayne, hey, his style was so interesting and unique. And he he mixed modern techniques with classic guitar soloing and separate itself is a really prime example of that and uh i i think it's my favorite solo on the record i think i said that earlier but uh i'm going to go ahead and change it to this <laughs> because this damn solo is just uh, it's just incredible shout outs to wayne for that one uh fantastic fantastic freaking song man rest in pieces is a killer tune let's just go ahead and get that out of the way and it's got a really interesting story because it is the only time to my knowledge in history that saliva has used a song that they didn't write not a cover song but a song that they that was written for them I guess is the proper terminology, which happens all the time in the industry. That's not a weird thing or anything for people to do that. But Rest in Pieces was actually written by James Michael and Nikki Six from 6AM. But if I'm remembering the story correctly, again, I'm not James Michael, Nikki Six, the producer, or Saliva. So I could be getting this very wrong. But from what I remember of an interview, they were working with a producer who felt this song wasn't really right for 6AM but that it was a fantastic song. And this producer at the time was working with Saliva. I don't know if it was uh, Bob Marlett or Michael Basquette, the engineer. I'm not sure. But uh, basically, it was just like, hey, you know who would kill this song vocally? And also, who, like, what band this song would fit really well in with? Which was Back Into Your System by Saliva. And Josie absolutely freaking killed it. It is a beautiful song. Super well written. It gets some serious airplay. It's kind of a sleeper hit for Saliva. A lot of people love this song. And it's no reason not to. Josie sings fucking beautifully on it, man. It's just killer. Uh, I may not be a big fan of Nikki Six because uh, I am a Sully Erna fanboy. And he dissed my boy. And I'm Team Sully, so... That's how that goes, but uh, <laughs> but he is a brilliant songwriter, and Six AM is a is a, is a great band. I would have been interested to hear James Michael sing this song, but I I, I think that it was definitely the right call because this is just a, a freaking beautiful beautiful song. 
Harkening back to, again, ye old uh, teenage heartbroken TJ. I mean, pretty understandable why this one hit me pretty hard too. Would you find it in your heart to make this go away and let me rest in pieces? Would you find it in your heart to make this go away and let me rest in pieces? It's a powerful, very, very powerful line. The theme of heartbreak is obviously strong on the record, and it's something that is explored a lot, obviously, as it is in Rest in Pieces. But Storm explores kind of another version of that all-too-familiar feeling. Dealing with loss and having the strength to carry on is admirable, but it's not always easy. Knowing that you only have the power to save yourself in certain situations is a, it's a terrifying feeling, but also it takes a lot of strength to know that and a lot of maturity to know that, that you have to turn and face the storm. Storm is a beautiful song and it's definitely a sleeper song for me for the record. And I always liked the song. It's got beautiful, clean guitar work, some great riffage, great leads work. Josie sings like a freaking angel on it, of course. But I didn't appreciate it as much as some of the others until this album's that made me, which tends to be the case. Every time I do an album's that made me, I go back and obviously I listen to the records and I listen to my favorite songs. And well, why is this my favorite song on the record? And blah, 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 blah. But... I always tend to find the song that I'm like, why did I not love this song as much as the others at the time? Not that I skipped it or anything, but there's always one song that I'm like, I go back to as an adult and I'm like, okay, like it's very powerful. And for me, just the chorus lyric is, uh, is really, really great. I'll save myself. I'm all alone. I've opened my heart to see there's nobody home. It's up to me. I'm on my own. The message of life is turning, facing the storm. It's an incredible lyric. Absolutely incredible. I could, I could quote the whole song because I think it's just that. Uh, it's beautiful and very, very, very well written. And just a stellar performance from everybody. And definitely a, a close second favorite song of mine on the record. And a beautiful guitar solo from Mr. Wayne Sweeney, of course. We come to the next two songs are really interesting because they're very different from the rest of the songs on the record, in my opinion. Well, maybe not so much Holding On. But I feel like Holding On, in my heart... <laughs> was very much a Wayne Sweeney track. He was definitely more the rocker out of them as far as having that classic style and that freaking epic slide guitar solo intro tells you all you need to know. This track to me, it's power, it's perseverance, it's all about being strong, to know that you need to be strong, but also knowing that you have to fight even if you have to fight internally to keep going. But then also, it could be said, this song is very much just about a rock star who's fighting their own mental battle. 
the day's reality around the bend. Pain and misery, my only friend. I raise a toast. Raise a toast. And I salute the end. Six feet in the ground is where the living begins. I got to get on with living or get the hell on with dying. Shove a million dollars in my pocket, but there ain't no pacifying me. For me, (laughs) you could take that a few different ways, but it's like, it's a really powerhouse of a rock song. And the chorus talks a little bit more about um, what I feel is really more of a general kind of thing with the whole rock star thing, you know. Anyone can see what's happening to me. My life's out of reach of my arms, but I'm holding on. I'm living in a dream and no one hears me scream. I'm breaking at the seams of my life, but I'm holding on. I think that course is pretty self-explanatory on <laughs> what the song's about, but that's the beauty of music. You can always take it in a different way. To me, the song is definitely kind of rock and roll personified while still being a really beautiful song lyrically. And it shows a sound that Saliva would explore more on their next record, Survival of the Sickest, which is definitely a, uh, a more rock and roll type record. Pride, which is the next song on the record, is a powerhouse of a tune. And it's for people who need it. It's got some great riffage, powerful vocals from Josie, a killer solo from Wayne. As a Canadian, I guess I kind of have a hard time uh, getting emotionally attached to it because it's a song about America and the pride of America, rah, rah, rah. I, I can appreciate it for what it is. I can appreciate it's a killer song. It just doesn't really mean <laughs> that much to me, if I'm being honest. Um, again, doesn't mean it's not a great tune. I'm sure it means a lot to a lot of people. And I know it was a song that um, the military used a lot. And it was used at, you know, uh, sporting events and stuff like that. Obviously, because it's a powerhouse of a song. Pride of America, you know, never fuck with someone who's had to fight for being free. Like, come on, rock and roll, man. It's fucking, it's, it's, yeah, it's America. I get it. I totally understand. Uh, Just for me, obviously, you know. Kind of is what it is. I don't really know what else to say about that. I'm not going to lie to you. But it is also a great indication of the style that, once again, Saliva was going to explore on that next record, much like Holding On. As we come to the end of the record, the life of a rock star or a touring musician can be very lonely and a very hard life. It's often glamorized, but it's not talked about enough that there is some, uh, some pretty big downside to living this life. Drug abuse, pressure from the labels, pressure from the fans. It's just some of the issues that, uh, people in this life have to deal with. And the final song on the record, famous monsters is a very somber look, uh, into that life. Josie Scott delivers a just, beautiful but painfully haunting performance sharing the side of their lives that no one really gets to see the feeling of kind of being used up and then thrown away is i mean it's it's brutal but it's also like 
you kind of get it, you know? And it's perhaps one of the heaviest songs on the record for that reason, as far as how he was feeling at the time, you know, the pressure that I'm sure they were under from their label and everything. It is, uh, it sucks to be in that situation. Something that I'm sure some people can relate to. Well, not some people ever can relate to being in a situation where you feel like you're just being used up and thrown away. Um, but it's something you don't really think about when you see rock stars living their life. Musically, I love how powerful this song is with the single acoustic kind of ambient piano parts and then the drums, percussion stuff happening. There is not a thing that I would change about this song. And taking a second to look at the lyrics, I mean, again, haunting, beautiful, powerful. Look at your life. Look at the way you slip and slide. Look at your time. Look at the ones you've left behind. Look at your eyes. The haunted black circles of your plight. But you can get by. Oh, and killing you might take one more night. Because you're a famous monster. You do whatever they offer. You tie their noose around your neck and they throw you over because you're a famous monster. Look at your mind. Look at the strength you've never found. You lean on your pride. The only thing that would never let you down. Look at the signs. Look at the way they stop and stare. They're watching you die. And when you're gone, it's like you weren't even there. Because you're a famous monster. And then it re repeats from there. But, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's just brutal and heavy. And just, it is so interesting because I, I can remember vividly this song hitting me in a time in my life where I, I really wanted to be a, a touring musician. And, you know, I, I can remember going into my, my art class, uh, which by the way, I had no business being in a freaking art class. I can't draw for shit. I'm not an artist in that way at all. And I actually drew a picture based on the lyrics of this. And I couldn't tell you what the picture was. I, I'm a horrible, I can't draw for shit. And I had the lyrics of the course around, you know, you're a famous monster, whatever. I, I don't remember what lyrics I had on it, but I had some lyrics from it. And God bless my teacher because she saw that and was like, okay, this guy is not never going to be an artist. He can't draw for shit. He can't paint. He just isn't, it's not his thing. But there's some creativity here. So she told me to explore that and to write the lyrics and to write lyrics and draw things and or write a lyric and give her an explanation and everything. And yeah, I just from really remember that vividly. And it all started with famous monsters. And in a lot of ways, that moment led to me then exploring other avenues creatively. So in a lot of ways, famous monsters and saliva is responsible for that. And it really, uh, 
interesting way, as is that teacher, of course, which I can remember her name. But Famous Monsters is a perfect way to end off this record. To me, that stands the test of time. And for all of the reasons that I've spoken about, all the songs, and for being a record that was so crucial at a time in my life where I felt like I needed a voice, I needed a way to purge some feelings that I had, as with a lot of records I talk about on the albums that made me, but also for the fact that going back and listening to it, I still listen to this record all the time. I still love this record as an adult. It still hits for me and it still means a lot to me and I can appreciate all of these songs. And for that reason, Sly is Back Into Your System is truly an album that made me. And of course, once again, rest in peace as we raise our glasses one more time to Mr. Wayne Swinney. Rest in peace, Wayne. Thank you for all the wonderful, wonderful music. But with that, folks, we are ready to wind down here today. Thank you guys so much for joining me for this. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you got to maybe learn a little bit more about me as a human being and me as a music fan and why this record meant so much to me and got to pay tribute to a a fallen uh, brother in arms in rock music with Wayne Swinney. And once again, if you are able to give a donation to the GoFundMe, I will have the link in the description of this podcast. Please, if you are able to do so, it is for a wonderful cause, uh, again, to support Wayne's family expenses and everything. And if- How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Explore beyond the stratosphere in Museum of the Bible's compelling exhibition, Scripture and Science, Our Universe, Ourselves, Our Place, in Washington, D.C., open now through January 15th. Featuring artifacts from trailblazers in history like Isaac Newton, Nicholas Copernicus, and hidden figures like Dorothy Vaughn, this exhibit guides you through groundbreaking discoveries and thought-provoking questions. Come and see how Scripture and Science have shaped our world. Get your tickets today at museumofthebible.org course his daughter nikki you would like to support the harder show on social media you can do so we have facebook and instagram Uh, i do also have twitter but i don't really use it (laughs) we do have a discord as well if you want to come hang out and be a member of my discord community we always have a blast over there sharing music and sharing memes and just general fun conversations i go live on there whenever i can sometimes i go live on there and just hang out sometimes i may or not go live on there uh, and have a few alcoholic beverages, uh, <laughs> which is always a uh, just an utter blast. And if you are listening to this and you go, you know what? I think that this uh, this this freaking hotter guy is all right. I think he deserves some support from me in a uh, another way. You can do so by joining the Harder Show patreon patreon.com forward slash the harder show 
if you are interested in that, check it out. We have three different tiers and you'll get fun rewards for all of them, like access to my horror narration podcast, Taped with Trepidation, which is just an absolute blast and is taking on an entire life of its own at this point. And it's always just way too much fun. But on top of that, if you are a patron at even the $1 tier, you're going to get a shout out at the end of every single episode of The Hotter Show, just like I'm going to do right now for my Patreon supporters, my hotheads. We have Scott Duquette, Ronan Kumori of Baseline Feed, Wolf Delta Pi of Baseline Feed, actor extraordinaire, Mr. Eric Fones, who was on the show not all that long ago. Go check out that conversation. Writer extraordinaire, Mr. Arthur Unk. Mike Quintero of Shutter Radio, fantastic horror narration podcast. C.M. Peters of Baseline Feed, also a fantastic author. My guy, Mr. Jason Reese from Jaybird Digital Arts, the one who was responsible for all of my graphics and logo stuff. Big shout out to Jay. Kelly Sisson. Terry and Janet Hodder. Wait a minute. Terry and Janet Hodder. Hodder. Huh. Interesting. Same last name. I always make that dumb joke. And, and the reality is, is, is if it wasn't for Terry and Janet Hodder, this show would not exist. <laughs> because I wouldn't be here. So thanks a lot, Mom and Dad. Also, thank you for buying me the Spider-Man soundtrack and a Walkman so I could get more into saliva. Appreciate it. Mr. Brandon Bowden of A Bowden Voice. And last but not least, my man, Neil Skrupa from Necrotic Voice. Big shouts to Neil. Big shouts to all my Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. I appreciate you all very, very much. Just like I appreciate you, especially if you're still listening. You're seriously the best. Hit you with the old patented, I haven't done it in a while, the old patented exclusive to the Harder Show audio fist bump. Which, of course, is just me punching my microphone because why the hell not? I'm going to sign off here today. Thank you guys so very much for tuning in. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and I'll catch you next time right here on The Hard Show. Take it easy, guys. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.